I had planned, we've been in the series Anatomy of a Disciple, and I had planned, my whole plan was today to be the last day of the series. Uh, but I think we're going to go a couple more weeks. Because as, I'm glad you're excited, Caitlin. But because uh, here's what I've discovered. The church has been real good at getting people to pray a prayer, but terrible at making disciples. Terrible at making disciples. And here's the thing. It's hard to make something you have no idea what it looks like. And Jesus said this, go make disciples. Go make disciples. So we're going to continue in this series for a couple more weeks. Um, and, and remember, if you were, what, do you, what do you mean a disciple? When we looked at Jesus and he came up on, the, uh, on a Andrew, Simon, and he said, hey, follow me. And, and the whole thing, a disciple's goal was to become exactly like their rabbi. See, a, a rabbi in that day, a respected rabbi, didn't go looking for disciples. A disciple came to him and said, hey, can I follow you? And depending on whether you had what it took, but Jesus went recruiting. And he didn't recruit five-star athletes. He was like two-star. And I'm so thankful for that, amen? Amen. But a disciple, I may not even make a two-star athlete. Uh, then when I played Christian ball, they called me the Dennis Rodman of the Christian Ball League. Uh, yeah, I fouled a lot, a lot. But, but here's the thing. Become exactly like their rabbi. Get this. They even said that if the rabbi walked with a limp, his disciples would walk with a limp because they wanted to be exactly like their rabbi. Uh, last week, though, we, we, we talked about this, um, the parable of the seed and the sower and how it related to when Jesus gave that parable, there are four seeds that you will take as, when it comes to that. And we talked about this, the difference from being fond of Jesus and being a follower of Jesus. And there's a big difference than just being fond of Jesus and actually being a follower. And Jesus talked about these four different scenarios when seed was thrown. One in, in Luke 8, 12, seed fell on the footpath. They hear the message, it says, and the devil comes, takes it away, prevents them from being saved. He's talking about that hard heart. Well, then he says the other one, seed fell on the rocky soil. They never developed deep roots. The third was the seed fell among thorns. He says, hey, they, they, they accepted the message, but then life happened, and they got choked out by the cares, worries, riches, and pleasures of this life. Then it said the fourth was the seed that fell on good soil. It developed roots, and because of that, it was able to produce fruit. Produce fruit. And that's what I want to talk about today in this discipleship series is Getting planted, developing roots. I have two goals today. One is to help people that aren't planted get planted. And second is help those that are planted to stay planted. Uh, I believe being connected, being rooted in the local church, it is vital and it is necessary to your growth as a follower of Jesus. Let's pray. Father, thank you for today. I thank you for the presence we've already felt in this house. I thank you that we have the freedom to be able to even gather like this. I, I pray I would be sensitive, so sensitive to the Holy Spirit that I would only say what you want me to say. 
I pray for the hearts of your people that they would receive this word, that they wouldn't just hear my heart, but more importantly, they would hear your heart for them, God. And I pray this in your son's mighty name. And the church said, Amen. Amen. One of my favorite scriptures in the Bible that I think personally describes Watts Bar Community Church to a T is Psalms 68. And when I read this, I don't know, I just get, man, that's us. That's what God has done here. Check, check this out. Sing praises to God and to his name. Sing loud praises. We did that today. Uh, to him who rides the clouds, his name is the Lord. Rejoice in his presence. Get this. Father to the fatherless, defender of widows. This is God whose dwelling is holy. God places the lonely in families. He sets the prisoner free and gives them joy. God sets the lonely in families. God sets us in families. He's not talking about blood relatives. He said, God, God takes those that, that feel lost, those that feel like they don't have a dad, the prisoners, the addicts, those that feel like outcasts. He places them in a family. And get this, the church is that family. We're that family. But here's the passage I really want us to look at. It's Psalms 92, and this will be our main passage today. Psalm 92. The righteous will flourish like a palm tree. They will grow like a cedar of Lebanon. Anybody want to flourish? Anybody want to grow? Here's how it happens. Say this underlined part with me. Planted. Planted in the house of the Lord, they will flourish in the courts of our God. Planted in the house of the Lord, what are they going to do? Flour that, that flourish, that word flourish is, is, is great. It, it comes from the Greek word, I want to say this, parak. And here's what it means, get this, to break forth or break out. But that's not even the best part. To fly as extending your wings. Now anybody want to flourish, break out, break forth, begin to fly above some things. But, but it gets even better. Get this, verse 14. They will still bear fruit in old age. Amen. <laughs> they will stay fresh and green, proclaiming the Lord is upright. He is my rock. There is nothing but goodness in him. Anybody else want to, come on, still bear fruit in old age. Anybody else in the words of outcasts want to stay so fresh and so clean, clean? Come on. Any, some of y'all get that reference. Some of y'all have no clue what, what it means. Man, I want, to, I want to be them going, man, Kelly is 99 and still living life. I don't want to burn out. I don't want to fade out. I don't want to wither away. Listen, I, 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 want, to, I want to be up doing what I love to do, and then bam, I fall over dead. I want to be out scuba diving, 99 years old, and I get eaten by a shark. Not, not really, God. Not really, God. That'd be a horrible way to die, God. They will still bear fruit, and they will flourish. How? Here's the secret. It's not the fountain of youth. Planting yourself in the house of the Lord. I, I know we've got some new people here. I know we've got people. But I'm going to be very open and honest with you today. And I pray you hear my heart. One thing that has made it even clearer since the pandemic is this idea that 
it's really not that important to be planted in a local church. I've seen, I've talked to a lot of Christians that don't seem to see the need or the value of being planted in a local church family. Here's what I mean. We come to church when it fits into our schedule. We come to church when it doesn't interfere with anything else we've got going on in their lives. Uh, we come to church when we hit a crisis. We come to church when we really need God to move in a situation. Hear, hear me. I want you to come when there's a crisis in your life. I want you to be here when all hell is breaking uh, loose in your life. But make no mistake, that doesn't mean you're planted. And there's a difference in being planted. I heard a guy say this uh, uh, years back, and I've actually referenced it several times. He says this, one of the biggest problems in the church today is that it's full of potted plant Christians. Potted plant Christians. And, and if you're what, Kelly, how do I know if I'm potted or plant? I read an article this week that said five signs that you're a potted plant Christian. I'm going to read this pretty much verbatim. From the writer, I did not write this. So if God is convicting you, don't get ticked off at me. Get mad at God. But maybe if this rubs you a little raw, maybe you should say, God, what are you trying to say? Here's what the potted plant, he says, they say this, potted plants are easily transferable. He says, just like potted plants can be moved from one place to another, potted Christians move from church to church to church. They never honor the fact that God has planted them in a particular church for a particular reason. A potted Christian is quick to uproot themselves from the body of Christ for reasons such as unforgiveness, offense, pride, self-glory, etc., carrying their baggage to whatever church they go to next. And they often dishonor the spiritual authority over their lives and are quick to blame everything and anyone else but themselves. Let's keep moving. I feel it, man. Whoa! No hallelujahs there? Let's keep moving. Potted plants are often just for show. Potted Christians are superficial. They're attracted to works and the gifts driven by emotions, show Little to no fruit. They are quick to turn up for ministry, but call them to serve, and they rarely make an effort. Okay, let's move on next one. <laughs> Potted plants have limited growth. Trees planted in the ground can go up to 200% grow up to 200% times more deeper than potted plants, and because of that, trees are able to withstand adverse seasons. Oh, this is one of my favorites. Potted plants need care and frequent watering. In other words, they need a lot of attention and care because the soil dries out quickly in their containers. You've got to continually feed them continually dust them, and potted Christians are focused on themselves and their likes and needs. Could it get any better? <laughs> the last reason thing, potted plants need to be turned. 
says this, potted plants need to be turned so they don't, so they don't become bent over from leaning into the sunlight. Potted Christians have skewed doctrines based on their limited knowledge of God's word and do not conform to the heart of the gospel. They like to hear only what tickles their ears and prophetic words. They are biased in their thinking and not open to correction. Man! See, that's the thing with potted Christians. They never hang out in a place long enough to develop deep roots. I read a study a few years back uh, on potted plants, and what they actually they actually took potted plants and produced MRI scans on 80 different uh, species of plants. The MRI showed the root structure of those plants and what happens inside the pot. Here, here's what the study said. Within as little as two weeks of seeds being sown, the scientists explained a plant's roots would stretch to the edge of this pot, and then the trouble starts. When they reach the edge, they would send some kind of signal to the shoots to say, there's a problem, stop growing. Each plant appeared to be trying to escape the pot. More than three-quarters of the root system was in the outer half of the pot. Not in it. Then look what this one doctor said. The inside of the pot was hardly even used. The article went on to talk about how the bigger the pot, the more the plant would grow. But this last statement was what really killed it for me. For every plant species we looked at, pot size was the factor limiting its growth. But even the largest pot was not large enough to not limit its growth. I believe that is a spiritual statement of the church today. I believe that followers of Jesus, disciples of Jesus, they limit their growth when they do not plant themselves in a body. You want to flourish? You want to grow? You want to bear fruit? Get planted. So that's so, just so we're on the same page, let me give you what Webster's Dictionary says planted is. To set in the soil for growth, to be deeply rooted, firmly fixed, or held. Planted. I'm telling you, the days that we're living in right now and in this culture, it seems like everything we hold dear, every belief system, is they're trying to uproot it from us. You better have deep roots in the world we're living in today. And I know the thing right now is say, I don't need anybody. And we've got this lone wolf mentality like we, we don't need it. But I mean, everybody in this room, those watching online, I'm telling you, you may put on the face and say you don't need anybody. But God put this thing inside of us that there is a longing to be part of something, a longing to belong. It's inside of us. And this lone wolf... The, the late, great Norm MacDonald said this about lone wolves. He said, there's nothing cooler than being a lone wolf except when you're at a wolf picnic and you need a partner for the wheelbarrow races. I know it's deep. Think about this. Jesus, rabbi. If there was anybody that lived that really didn't need anybody else in his life, it would be him. I mean, it's not like Jesus is going, hey, hey, can I get your help with a problem? Hey, can you answer this for me? I mean, we're talking about Jesus, God in the flesh, but yet Jesus 
set out to make connections and connect people. And he connected with these disciples that then began to follow him and they learned from him. They saw how he did things. And what he was teaching them also was how to connect with other people. We were not meant to do life alone, period. I'm telling you, when I moved back here from California, spent two years out in in Northern California, I rededicated my life. I made a decision to connect and plant myself in a church in Cleveland. Now, now at first, I'm going to be honest, it was because I liked the secretary there. (laughs) She was hot, and 30-something years later, she's still hot sitting on that front row. So my plan worked. But that was my goal, man. I, I, I planted myself among these people. And, and I tell you, there, there was things there that I learned that I would not have learned anywhere else. There were parts of my faith that I grew in that might not have happened had I not planted myself in that place. Then I planted myself for 12 years out there. I'll go as far as to say this. Being planted there saved my life. It made me who I am today, and I would not change it for anything else. Well, Kelly, weren't there some negative things that went on there? Absolutely. You know why? Because people were involved, and people are flesh and blood, and people do stupid stuff. Even Chris, well, I'm just going to leave it there. I could go somewhere. (laughs) I'm telling you, if you never plant, if you never plant yourself, You'll end up limiting yourself to all that God wants to do in and through your life. So if you're taking notes, get planted. Here's the thing. Planted people are contributors or participators. They're planted. Next week, we're going to take in new members. And the only reason we call it membership is because I don't have a great word for it. If you ever come out to that new to the bar lunch and you'll hear me say this, we don't need more members. We need owners because membership implies privileges. Ownership implies responsibilities. And you'll hear me say, because I I belong to Hammer Time Fitness, being in Amanda's gym over in Spring City. I'm a member there. If I go in and one day a machine's broke, no big deal to me. I get on another machine. But him being the owner of the place, he comes in, he's got to make sure things are taken care of. And I I said, I want you to become an owner of this place. I want this to be be what you're about. So, And and next week, we've got several people that are going to be doing that. Membership. Planted people. Start asking, how can I get involved? Where am I needed? How can I make this place better? How can I use what God has given me to make this place better? One of the biggest trends, oh man, I didn't even say this first one, um, mainly because I downloaded the wrong notes to my iPod, or I mean my iPad. Uh, One of the biggest problems I'm seeing and things I'm seeing in the church is people treating church like a restaurant. They go in. They look at the menu. Oh, I like this. I don't really care for this. Oh, today they're serving a special. I like the special. The problem is the street down the road is serving another special that you like. So that's where you'll be a week or two weeks from now. And you treat church like it's a restaurant where you go in, you pick, and you choose. Not realizing maybe God planted you there. Come on, to take some of the selfishness out of you. Anyway, that was, that's all right. That's good. Thank you. Thank you.
God is not calling you to pick and choose what you like or don't like. He's calling you to get planted. Here, here's the thing. See, church is not a place to get entertained. Church is a place to get equipped. I like making church fun. I like to make it entertaining. But that's, we get equipped there. Amen? That's where, I, I said this last week, Sundays, that's huddle. We huddle. We, hey, this is what, and then we go out and begin to live it. We get equipped to do the work. And when you, uh, when you get planted, you begin to contribute. You begin to participate so that others can be equipped. The second planted people see what others can't see. Here's what I mean. Planted people see the, man, they get planted. They see the vision. They see the mission statement of that church. They can see CR. Get this, this past Thursday night at CR, Celebrate Recovery, we had over 60 people here, 15 decisions for Christ. (laughs) Planted people, see, I I remember when it was uh, uh, just six people. And I got him spoke a word over Danny and Melanie and said, hey, listen, don't despise small beginning because God's about to do something. Why? Because planted people can see that six. Oh, no, it's 60. And then planted people see, no, six. I see 120. I see more lives being changed. I see more decisions for Christ. Planted people can see what others cannot see. Planted, planted, planted man, it's hard to say. Planted people. That are blown to this house, they can see this building out back long before the plans ever come out. They can see a place of restoration for people, a place of healing for people. They can see this place as, uh, as a family for the lonely, for the hurting, for the outcast. Uh, you can see that pa- Pastor Bob and Kelsey, our, our worship pastor, uh, pastors Ben and Amanda, uh, our, our, ki- our teen- youth pastors, pastors Awesome Brianna, our kids pastors. Listen, they, they weren't, they didn't just come here from another church where they did a great job and we brought them in. You know what? They have been planted here a long time. They grew up in this house. They planted themselves here and refused to get uprooted even when I ticked them off. I'm sure they could tell you times. Now I want to tell you their benefits of being planted in the church. And we're going to hit these real quick. Five benefits of being planted. You ready? One, it strengthens your beliefs. Being planted in a church. Why is that important? Because like I said, everything we've been taught to believe is being come against right now. I'll go as far as say this, this culture, this generation, our world, it, is, it has a huge deficit when it comes to belief. And here's the truth, though. Most people don't know why they believe what they believe. They just know they believe it. I think it's important to know why you believe what you believe. Uh, that, that, I believe that's why Sundays are important here. I believe that's why Wednesday nights, if you miss Wednesday, man, Pastor Casey taught on stress. And then I watched as this body, this family, this community began to speak into other people, to other women, and began to say, hey, this is what's going on. This is what you need to do. And that is part. That's what I mean when that's a benefit of being planted. That's why you need to have your kids at 412 on Wednesdays at WB Kids downstairs. 
You need to have them there. Why? Because something is being taught, something is being said, a song is being sung, sung that is going to shape their life. I'm telling you, my faith, my beliefs that I was able to pass down to my kids, and now I'm passing them down to my grandkids, they were built by being planted in God's house. It strengthens. We touched on this last week, the second benefit. It gives you a place to belong. We all want a place to belong. And there's some here today. You long to belong. You don't, you've gone through life feeling like you don't fit in anywhere, like you don't belong. Let me, let me clear something up. If you feel like you don't fit anywhere, like you don't, let me, let me, listen. You belong here. Let me be very clear. Kelly, I don't believe like you do. I didn't say you had to believe like I did. Because here's my hope. I hope you find a place that you belong and you'll get in part of this and the Holy Spirit will begin to deal with you about things in your life. See, my dad said this long ago. He said, God called us to catch fish, not clean them. Holy Spirit can clean them. But for, uh, I'm, I'm getting offline. I'm telling you, 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 there, there's, you, you belong here. I love my wife came in this past week in my office and said, hey, have you read, and I'm not going to embarrass her, so I'm not going to call her name. She said, that she's joined the church. She's actually getting baptized today. She said, have you, because we put out this place, give us your testimony or what brought you here. Have you read what? I said, no, I haven't. You need to read it. And I said, okay, I'll get to it. And then so my wife knows me well. And she said, let me just read it to you then. Because <laughs> she knows my get to it later. I'll forget about it the moment she walks out the door. Here's what this young lady said. I grew up in church and always was surrounded by a community of followers of Jesus. My home growing wasn't wasn't faith-based. It wasn't until I started to attend Watts Bar Community Church that I finally felt surrounded by the Holy Spirit and hungry for the Lord's Word. There's nowhere else I'd rather be, they'd rather call home than Watts Bar Community Church. I truly feel so welcomed, loved, and fed here. And I come expecting every week, and I am never disappointed. Last week was her first week. Uh, no, that's not true. That's not true. That's not true. <laughs> She's been coming a while. And you may say, Kelly, do I, can I believe and not belong? Absolutely. But you will stunt your growth unless you plant yourself. You'll, you'll get frustrated because you see other people growing. You see other people living out their God-given gifts and, and where they were calling. And I, and I, but, but you weren't planted, so nothing is happening. And I'm not a farmer, but I know enough about this. It's difficult for a tree to produce fruit when it's not planted. Come on. I didn't even hear the last part what you say, but I'm going to amen it. I'm telling you, when you get planted and roots start to take, you begin to grow and you begin to flourish. And there's this sense of this, these are my people. Yes. I'm telling you, people, you, oh, you go to Watts Bar Community Church? Those are my people. Yeah, I know they're crazy. Why do you think they said, take me? 
Think about you have this sense of belonging. Third, let's, let's hurry this along. It pushes you to grow. When I think about, back over my life, who I am today, I learned a lot of it being planted in church. This is where I learned to be a man. This is where I learned what it looks like to be a good dad. This is where I learned what it looked like to be a good husband. This is what I learned what it looked like to, to, to give and to serve others, to have gratitude. This is where I learned to forgive when I've been hurt. This is where I'm still learning. I'm still growing. My roots are still extending out. I'm, it's still happening. And God is still molding me into what he wants me to be. Do you know what happens when you plant yourself alongside other followers? You begin to learn from them. You begin to learn from them. The, those that once were bound or uh, from addiction, every Thursday night, what, are, what you're seeing is here with those 60 people, they see people that once were addicted to opioids, once were addicted to porn, once were, had anger issues. They're up here saying, listen, you can do it. Look, I'm an example of that. And they push you to grow. Man. You've got people that their marriage is rocky. And they see another couple that marriage, their marriage looks perfect. But when you go to talk to them, oh, it ain't always been that great. And you begin to learn from them. Man, you learn from, how, you see a couple, man, it seems like they've got the best kids. They're, they're, they're the best parents. And then when you talk to them, you find out, well, hey, for five years of my kids, 20 years, they were demon possessed. Uh, but... But you learn from them. That's what it pushes you to grow. Well, I'm telling you, when I moved back here from California, I knew nothing about worship. And some of you, may, Denise and I, before we came here as pastors, 20 plus years we were worship pastors and worship leaders. But I knew nothing about worship when I moved back from California. My wife, when I walked into that office where she was, I had jet black hair halfway down my back, four earrings in each ear, and a shirt that said, Heavenly Metal, it'll rock the hell out of you. And all of Denise's friends said, No, Denise. <laughs> Stay away. But I planted myself there. God put a mentor in my life, Rhonda Davis, who I've already talked to. I'm, I'm going to have her come and speak for us. A powerful speaker. And she began to show me what worship was. And because I planted myself there, even through bad stuff, even through hard stuff, I am who I am today because of that. It pushed you to grow. Fourth, it shows you that things can be different. Let's get real. I grew up in church. But I haven't always behaved. I, shocker, I know. I know there are some of you here, you can say, oh, my whole life, man, I've just lived such a good life. That ain't my story. And if those that, oh, I, I never did anything bad, well, the rest of us hate you. Uh, but <laughs> no, we don't. 
because we know what it's like. I, I, I haven't always lived a good life. I haven't always made right decisions. I, there are times I let my temper get the best of me. I, 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 I popped off at the mouth and said things I shouldn't say. I went places I knew I had no business going, but it wasn't until I planted myself in a local church with people that made me come to the realization it does not have to be this way. You can't change. It's not just the going's temper. God can change that in you. I'm telling you, there's something here. Your whole life, you can look back and you see a cycle of abuse. You see a cycle of drug addiction, of alcoholism, of molestation. But I'm here to tell you, you can break the cycle. It doesn't have to be that way. I'm telling you, yes, it was the presence. It was the presence of God that changed me, but it was also got me staying planted where God put me. I still listen. I'm pastor going on 10 years in June, right? I would love to be able to stand up here and say, I've got it all together now. Truth is, I still deal with things. Truth is, I still fight battles. Truth is, I'm still learning how to get things right. But I got honest with myself and said, you know what? I can't do it on my own. I need to plant myself around some people that'll cheer me on, but not just cheer me on, but will kick my tail when it needs kicked and say, Kelly, quit being stupid and get back on the right path. I'm telling you guys, that's what being part of this incredible community of followers does. Puts people in your life. It shows you things can be different. You can break the cycle. And here's what I know. God has been doing this for a long time. He's bringing us people that didn't grow up like I did. They didn't grow up in church like I did. They grow up seeing things, thinking things were normal because that's how their family did them. They don't know what the Word of God says about this or what the Word. I, I love that when I get up here and tell a story. And I know people are here. They're seeing all we've heard before. And then I've got someone in the crowd like, that's in the Bible? But I, I love it. And that's why it, it, I'm telling you, being connected and planted is vital because it puts you around others that can show you, hey, this is what family looks like. I'm telling you guys, it is vital. It's vital. The last benefit of getting planted. If I can get the team to come on up to me. You live a bigger life when you plant yourself in a church family. Your life becomes bigger. It enlarges. Opportunities that, that, that were never there suddenly are there. Now, let me ask you. Anybody like apples? You, you like apples? Come on. I know more people than this guy like apples. It's not a trick question. Did you know this? Um, when you plant an apple tree, it takes 8 to 10 years before it produces any fruit. And so, you know, you plant that apple tree, but eight to ten years, you're going to Walmart, you're going to the local fruit market, you're going to Piggly Wiggly, you're going to Whole Foods and get those good expensive apples. Um, but here's the problem I'm seeing in the church. So many Christians are satisfied eating from somebody else's fruit. And they don't want to stay planted long enough to where they can produce their own and begin to feed somebody else. When I say it makes your life bigger, it makes your life bigger because it's no longer about you. 
you begin to live for another reason, another purpose besides yourself. Think about it. Where else can you reach the people you reach being part of this community? Where else can you serve the people that you serve? Where else can you give, build, help others that have needs? And here's the thing. Yeah, I can, you can do it by yourself, but you can do so much more when you gather with others. Where else would you get the opportunity to be part of something that will change people's lives and destinies? See, the Centuries Rock Opera is coming up here in six and a half weeks. We will have four nights, four shows of that, and it will be packed out every night. And we will see decisions for Christ one after another. And what makes your life bigger is when you get to stand beside that person and begin to walk with them through this process. Where else? I'm, now I'm, I'm about to talk about some of the people in this house. Where else could you see someone that was an atheist for 25 plus years now serving as the creative director of a church? Where else could you see someone who was an opioid addict for 20, 20 plus years now serving as the associate pastor here? I'm going to go deeper. Where else could you see someone that lived the homosexual lifestyle for years, but God set them free and they're married with kids now and serving? Where else? Where else? Where else could you see alcoholics that spent 20, 25 plus years of their life drowning in a bottle, but now they stand up here and tell others they can get free? It makes your life I'm telling you guys, when you plant yourself, your life becomes bigger, bigger. (laughs) Get planted. Quit hopping from one place to another. Plant yourself. There are no perfect churches. But where has God chose to plant you? See, here's the truth. I think Watts Bar Community Church is the best church. I I do. I do. But I'm well aware we are not for everyone. We're not for everyone. That's why you will never hear me badmouth another ministry, another church, or anything, because they're reaching people. Just because they do it different doesn't mean it's not the gospel. And they're reaching people that we can't reach. So here's why I said that. If this is not the place for you, get planted somewhere. Put your roots in somewhere. It's got benefits. Let's close with this. Anybody ever watch Animal Planet or um, National Geographic? You ever seen that video where you've got the herd of Cape Buffalo out there grazing? 
they're all out there just eating. You've got the baby Cape Buffalo. They're in the middle there, the younger ones. They're all sitting around chatting. And then what's always off in the distance looking? Some lions. You got one of them laying up in the tree just watching. Because they're not going to attack while they're together. But what, ha- what always happens? You've got the one buffalo. Ah. I don't like what they said to me. I'm going to go over here for a while. I need some alone time. And then you've got the heart. Don't do that. Get back. They're they're watching you. Eh. I'm going to stay close enough. They won't bother me. I just need some time away. Oh, I was offended. I'm going to go. I don't want to be. I don't want to be. They're required. I'm going to go over here. They're requiring too much out of me. And then you've got that line that's just watching. Watching, watching. And the rest of the herd, they're sending out texts. They're sending out messages. They're calling, please, please get back. Please come back. And what always happens, he gets out there. Bam! That cape buffalo's like, why is the bottom half of me laying over there? you weren't planted and we see it come on what is the Bible how does he describe our enemy he comes about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour he's waiting for you to disconnect he's waiting he loves it when you don't get planted he loves it when you don't settle when you go from here to there he loves that get planted get planted well PK I got hurt I've been hurting relationships. I've been hurting a church. I've got a bad taste in my mouth because I joined a church or I got connected and things got lucky. I'll be honest. There, there is an ugly side of relationships. There is. But the risk of doing life separated or disconnected is so much greater than the risk of a relationship. And I'll be honest. There are people, even church people, that can just be jerks. I mean, they can. Sometimes there are things that happen in church or in life or in family that we don't like, but that doesn't mean we just up and leave. I can, I've got three brothers, an older one and two youngers. I cannot tell you the fights that we had growing up. And I'm, not, I'm, I'm talking about fights. Not little, oh, you hit me first. Oh, you No, no, no. We're, we weren't waiting for the other one to take the first punch. We knew we better get the first punch or it's going to get even uglier. We fought. But they were still my brothers. And you know what was so funny? I could call them names. I could fight with them. I could give them a hard time. But you better not open up your mouth about them. power of being connected it's the power of family I want to close with this passage found in Hebrews 10 this is not the time to pull away and neglect meeting together as some have formed the habit of doing why because we need each other in fact 
we should come together even more frequently, eager to encourage and urge each other onward as we anticipate that day dawning. Now's not the time to pull away. Now's not the set time to settle for being a potted plant that can just up and go whenever they want. Now is the time to be rooted. I believe there's a couple different people here today. There are people that you've drifted. You once were connected. Something happened. You got hurt. Or life just hit you out of nowhere. And you just uprooted yourself and walked away. Today's your day to get replanted. Today's your day. That's what happened to me. As a minister, married, my wife leaves me, divorces me. Even I wasn't the greatest person. I'll give it that. And I just decided I'm just going to leave it all and move to California. I uprooted myself from my church family. And I placed myself in an environment where I began to say, do things that I never do. And that's where some of you are today. You got hurt. You went through something. And today God's calling you back. Heads bowed. If that's you and you just be honest, Kelly, I've drifted. I want to make my way back and get planted. I will not embarrass you, I promise you. But if that's you, would you just raise your hand? I want to pray with you where you're at. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Anybody else? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Keep those hands up. I want to pray with you. Father, you see those hands right now. In fact, you know what? I'm going to pray, and I want you to repeat this prayer for me. I want all of Watts Bar to pray it with me. Dear Father, I've drifted. I walked away, and it's been too long. But today, I'm making a decision to plant myself and come back to you. Forgive me for my sins and for walking away. And I receive your love, your grace, and forgiveness in Jesus' name. Amen, amen.